thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. What a week. What a week. Um, in, in case you haven't heard, my sister did pass away. She uh, went into heaven this last week. She found her happy place for sure. And uh, she's more than a happy intercessor today, that's for sure. So uh, thank you so much for all your, many of you sent, met my phone just started lighting up as soon as it became public. And um, thank you for all your support, notes, encouragements, and all that. It meant a lot to me. And uh, wow. I have a message that I want to bring today, and I'm kind of excited about it because I don't quite know where it's all going to go. And where, but you know, it's kind of like if you fly today, if you get in an airport, you get on a plane. If you, you're lucky to get on the plane today, I guess, because there's a lot of cancellations. So, if this plane doesn't look like it's going to take off, I might have to cancel early. And uh, you'll all be out of seats. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's a con- continuation of um, what I spoke on uh, last week about the restlessness that we've been sensing and the restlessness that seems to be in our culture. And I've, since then, I've been, I've been, this has been working through my uh, soul, is I don't want to focus on the restlessness as much as I want to focus on the rest. And so... Uh, this is, message is just titled Restless, Restful, and Blessedful. I like that, blessful. It's a new word. I made it up, yeah. Good word. It, it just makes a lot of sense. At one time I was preaching and I said the word fout. And everyone looked at me and said, what's fout? You know, I think it was in a Bible study. What is fout? I said, it's a combination of fear and doubt tied into one word. <laughs> made sense to my head when I was saying it, but didn't make sense to anybody else, so that's just me, you know. My, my sister, by the way, a little tribute to my sister. If you see me doing something, uh, during worship I had a spider crawling on me. I don't, I hope no one has ever experienced that in this place, but like cobwebs are still clinging to me. My sister was, um, not my oldest, my oldest sister passed away about eight years ago. She had Down syndrome. Um, my sister Benny uh, took care of us a lot because both my mom and dad had to work. And so she was home with us a lot. And she was possibly one of the happiest girls. Uh, I have such fond memories of, of her excitement and being happy as a teenager when she'd have friends over. You could always hear them screaming with delight and laughter and just knew that something funny had just gone down. And, of course, I was... I was a uh, you know, three, three years younger, so what girls talked about when I I had no concern to even know, but I could always hear the laughter and always hear the joy. And um, when she wrote the book Happy Intercessor, I was so proud of her because um, we experienced growing up in the church that we grew up, the culture we grew up in. Intercession was always heavy duty. Uh, we we bumped into our share of angry intercessors who didn't like what they saw and didn't like how teenagers were acting and stuff like that. So we always bumped into some of that kind of stuff. So when she wrote Happy Intercessor, I don't know if you realize it, but there was no book 
with that title ever <laughs> until my sister comes up with this title. And uh, I was always just blessed to call her my sister, know that she's my sister, not just before she came, a worldwide renowned speaker and author, but just as her brother. Always, always so proud of her. And I have so many stories I'm not going to tell you about today because I want to get into this, but what, a, what an impact she made on this world. I, I mean, I, I, when I got on Facebook the next day, almost every post had that picture of her uh, with, you know, in loving memory of uh, Benny Johnson. And I just, I love seeing that. It's like she, she, deserves, she deserves that. She's just awesome. Okay, blessedful. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Do you know that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? We have been blessed. We are blessedful. And that's going to take care of a lot of the restlessness that we feel inside of our lives in this day. I, I have... I have a sneaky feeling if Jesus walked the earth today, he, he might be tempted to call the mainstream news media the father of lies. He, he just might be tempted. To, he, he said it was the devil in his day, but he might be tempted just to call the mainstream news media the father of lies. And you just don't know what is real out there today. How many of you have ever found, you've felt that? You, like read, you read one news report from one news agency, you read a completely opposite news report from another agency, and it's like, what is, what is really happening? Oh, well, let me tell you what's happening. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's what's really happening. All right, I'm done. So getting our, getting our minds from a restless into a, a blessed state is going to require faith on our part, and it's going to require us to stir things up inside of us. It's not going to come natural in this day. You're going to uh, see the obvious struggle that is taking place today. There's, and I feel that there is this struggle that is happening in people. And I just want to very uh, simply say that people are not the problem. It's, our enemy is not people. Our mission is people. Our ministry is to people. I spoke with um, I spoke with a guy this uh, this last week, and uh, he has a ministry to LGBTQ community. And I asked him if he could come in the fall, and he said he said he'd love to come. He'd be delighted to come. So I'm looking forward to that because we have a ministry to the world. People are not our enemies. They're, they're kind of like in the same boat we're in. They're trying to maneuver through a, a life that is infested with lies and empty promises. And we, we get to help. But we need tools to help a lot of times. So, But for us, it's like this: every spiritual blessing to heavenly places in Christ, that's, that's where we rest. That's where we find that. It's just so good to rest in that place, to just know it's okay what's happening in this life today, what's taking place in our world. It's okay. God's got this, right? 
Psalms 26.12 says, My foot stands on an even place. In the congregation I will bless the Lord. So good during worship this morning. Man, even to have a banjo, it was awesome hearing that banjo, right? Yeah, that was like, yeah, bring that, man. And it's like to be able to stand in the congregation and just bless the Lord and just praise the Lord and just, just no matter what the condition, no matter what the state of our minds or our hearts, to be able to just press into that place. My foot stands in an even place in the congregations. I will bless the Lord. Psalms 34, 1-4 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. This was going through my mind all this last week, this one song. In fact, it used to be a song. I used to sing it all the time in the charismatic circles. And, and it, I sit on the deck after I found news of my, uh, my sister and very sad. My heart was just weighted down with the grief and the heaviness. Uh, we videoed, we video FaceTimed in, in with the family the night that she was passing. Couldn't believe it was my sister. It was just so, so difficult. And uh, the next morning when I woke up, I sat on the deck with my coffee and I was sitting there and I was just talking to the Lord and I, I just, the scripture just came out. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. All times, at all times, not just when you're feeling good, not just when you intellectually connect with God, but at all times, I will bless the Lord. That's how we stay blessful. That's how we stay full of blessing. We bless the Lord and he gives us more blessing and more blessing and more blessing. It's, it's, it's like an exchange. Our blessing him, he blesses us. My soul, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble sh- shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Listen, I, I, I want to say something for this age. I, I, need, I need to get this out before I forget it. Uh, during worship, it was just coming to me like, like a neon light bulb. It's possible, and I'll ask this as a question. Is it possible? This is a question statement. Is it possible that we live in a generation that Jesus warned about when he was on the earth, that he said in the last days, people will say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Which is basically, eat, drink, and be merry, forget about God, because tomorrow we die, God doesn't matter, anything like that. You know, X him out of the culture, get him out of society, we don't need him anymore, he's an old idea, and blah, 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 okay? Could it, is it possible that we live in that kind of a day where there's a generation actually paving the way for this? And if that's the case, then there's the father of lies who's feeding lies to people that there is no God, that God doesn't care, God's not important, we don't need him in culture anymore, we don't need his guidance, we don't need his leadership. Let's just live our own lives. Let's just for, we're, Tomorrow we're going to die anyway, okay? And I'm saying that because I just got a report that the federal government has now set up a suicide line with only three digits for, to make it easy for people contemplating suicide to call because they're bombarded with suicide in our day. Suicide is an epidemic. It's, it, it's one of the highest levels ever been in the history of our country. They're making it easy for people to act. I don't know if you're getting this. Making it easy for people to access to get help. 
What if the idea of eradicating God from the culture is doing so much to the mental health of individuals that they have no hope? What's the point in living? No hope. The effect of the lies that people ha- it has on people is incredible. And I believe that the church has the church has a solution. We have the answer, folks. And it, it maybe okay, maybe the fact that we're we're here and we're small in number, maybe it's the remnant age. I don't know. I don't I, I, I don't really know. I'm saying maybe. But I feel like more than any other time we need each other in this day. And we need to be seeking the Lord together. We need to be exalting his name together. We need to be praising him together. We need to find ourselves in church worshiping and glorifying his name with other believers. Because let me tell you, the world isn't going to do what we're doing on Sunday morning. Not going to happen. You're not going to see um, a, a news media person all of a sudden on the news, at least the mainline news, just praise the Lord. He is so good. I I don't know that you'll see that, maybe on certain news channels. We have that ability. We have that power. And I believe that when Jesus said, you are a light that cannot be hidden, you are a city on a hill, he was talking to the church, that our light is to shine in an age where, what is it? When sin increases, grace abounds all the more. The grace just abounds all the more in the church. And that we get to praise louder and harder, more significantly than we ever have in our life. And that that light is going to penetrate. And Mike, I just want to tell you, bro, man, this morning, you tapped into heaven, dude. I'm telling you what, it was like the angels started joining your singing. Just fantastic. Just taking us in that place of worship and into the heavenly realms. And there's more of that coming for you. I just see songs being downloaded to you, man. You're going to start writing songs and releasing those songs. And it's going to make an impact in our area. And these are the, this is how the church is going to become a, a magnifying glass to the world. And they don't, they don't get this. Okay? They don't, okay, they, they might think we're crazy. Some of them might think we're off our rockers. They thought the same thing about Jesus, too, by the way. His own family came to take him out of a house because they said he was losing his mind. But it doesn't matter. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We will exalt the name of God together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Anybody ever been afraid? Woo! Yeah. Psalms 34, 5, they looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. That's us. We're blessed full. That's us. We are blessed full. It's like, man, we are the people of God, his children. He loves us. He watches out for us. He protects us. He cares for us. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read into the scripture. I know many of you have read this scripture before, Mark chapter five, but I want to read this uh, this section of scripture, this paragraph, because for the first time in my life, 
this last week as I was reading this uh, in my morning uh, devotions. As I was reading this in my morning devotions, I saw something I'd never seen before. And I've been running it before the Lord. I've been saying, Lord, show me exactly what this means. So we're going to unfold this. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the, the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. I'd say that that guy's in pretty rough shape. I mean, this, this author is his best describing this guy, the best that he can in writing. And he describes a person that's in pretty bad shape. This guy, I mean, nobody even wants to go near this guy. He, he, not just for his, uh, the, the fact that he smells terrible, I'm sure, didn't care about himself, it didn't care about his body, he's cutting himself, he's got dried blood all over him, he's, he's scraped up, and he's mad, he's just insane, and nobody wants to go near the guy. I'd say that's a pretty good description of a guy who's a mess. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Now, this is the part I want to talk about. In all the years that I have read this story, I never focused that he saw Jesus in a distance and ran and worshipped him. The last thing in the world you'd expect a person demon-possessed to be doing is to worship Jesus, especially a guy in this rough shape. But he sees him from afar. He runs and he worships. And this is what I want to talk, talk about for just a minute with you guys. Because it's, it's so powerful. We, we know the rest of the story. Jesus sets him free, right? Because that's what Jesus does. He sets people free. And what's so beautiful to me is that this guy is tormented by demons. He's got a legion of them. That's... that's that's what happened. Jesus threw out a legion. Remember, the demons go off into the pigs. They run off, and all kinds of hubbub happen in the community. I'm not going to say, uh, you know, why are Jewish people raising pigs? They were obviously doing it because it was money for the, from the Gentiles. <laughs> he cast them into the pigs. They run off. All the town people get upset because the pig herd is destroyed. Their investment's gone because the demons tormented the pigs, and they all ran into the water. This is the kind of demons that were in this guy. The, the destructive, tormenting spirits that this guy had on his life. And I, I, I felt for the first time as I read this, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm asking the Lord afterwards saying, worship him. He worshiped him. I'd never seen that before. This demon-possessed guy worshiped the Lord. And I'm talking to the Lord about this. And I felt like the Spirit of the Lord was showing me a glimpse into the human a glimpse into the man. Most of the story talks about how the demons tormented him and what kind of condition it left the man in. But this gives me a sign of hope that even people in their worst state can see Jesus. And there's a longing within them because we've all been created in the image of God. 
And because of that, there's this longing to worship him. There's a longing in every person to worship God. No, I'm telling you guys, there's this longing. And for the first time I've seen this, this guy is, he's in bad shape. And yet there's this picture, an opening of his soul who is restless and a longing to run to Jesus and worship him. And there's two things that really, two pictures that really I saw about this and that I reeled about it. The first one is that people, there are many people who can only see Jesus from a distance, but that longing to worship them is still there. They see him through a distance. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the world, they only see Jesus through the church today. That's a scary picture. And I just hope God's grace is great enough to reach into their their hearts. It's like there's there's this struggle going on in this man. Okay? He is struggling with these tormenting spirits and the struggle is to break free from those spirits, break free from those lies, break free from the torments and run towards Jesus and worship him. Do you get that? Okay, so we've got, today we've got a serious issue with drug problems. We've got uh, people overdosing in huge numbers. We've got a serious issue with depression and discouragement and despair. Serious issue with suicide. We've got people that are just looking for a way out of life. Okay? The, the evidence in my mind, the evidence of all of that is that there's people being tormented today in their souls, in their hearts, in their minds, by demons. It's not, please, understand, I know that there's, there's, there's places for mental illness, but I'm telling you right now that even in the place of mental illness, I guarantee that if we could see, if the veil could be removed to where we could see the things of the spirit to where it was just, the veil was just ripped off, and we could actually look at behind the scenes of what's going on in an individual's lives. There are demons behind the scenes working to keep those people from finding Jesus, to keep them away, keep them at a distance, keep them out of church, keep them at a distance. Don't let them get close to Jesus. Keep them, whatever Jesus uh, repre- whatever represents Jesus in our culture, keep people away. You, the demons are working nonstop because this is the result if they find him. This is the result if they find Jesus. If they see him even from a distance, they're going to want to worship. They're going to want to cry out to God. They're going to want to say, I got to have this. And the second thing this points out to me is that if people have problems, real problems. Okay, we have problems. We deal with problems. My wife and I have problems. We all have problems. Can you say we have problems? Jesus is the solution to our problems. If you want to be blessed full, be full of blessing. Just worship. Just connect to the Lord because I have found so many times the problems just dissipate when we come to Jesus, when we worship him. Just go there. Just Find him. 
And the second thing it really points out to me is demons, they are terrified when someone gets close to Jesus. I, these guys, okay, these legion, this legion that's inside this guy, that are tormenting him, they're understanding, they're linked to his thinking. Okay, they're hearing his thoughts. They're used to this guy scraping himself, crying out in misery, being tormented, and they're used to all the victory that they have. But they're, just, they're watching this guy's thinking. He sees Jesus coming at a distance, and he starts step, stepping towards Jesus. He starts going towards it, and they're freaking out. They're a guy going nuts. Stop him! Put the brakes! Someone tackle his feet! But he sees Jesus, and he runs to him and worships him. And he says, what do we have to do with you? Jesus, son of the most high God. And Jesus said, who are you? And they said, we are legion. We are many. And Jesus just said, come out of him. Don't cast us into the abyss. We don't want to go into the abyss. Heck, Jesus is so gracious and merciful. I would have cast him into the abyss. I would have just said, get out of here. He cast him into the pigs. Which unveils another story. But the story I'm trying to, trying to get to here. There is no demon in hell that can keep a person from worshiping Jesus. You understand this? This guy had many demons from hell tormenting his life. And when Jesus started coming close, he worshiped. They freaked. They went nuts. They knew what it meant. Demons know what your worship produces. No one could tame this guy. No one could, no one could keep him even chained in. He'd break the chains. And yet Jesus looked past the man, looked past the outward, looked past what others couldn't see, and saw his heart and set him free. Ha! Well, I was just a little boy uh, at Bethel Church years ago. Um, there, there was a a gal. She must have had MS. I don't know what she had, but she she had to use crutches to walk. Her legs were deformed. She had to use crutches to walk, and she would come up. She had a beautiful voice. She had a beautiful voice. She'd come up and she would sing this song on Sunday mornings. It was like she sang a special for the church. You know, this was like her ministry to sing this song. And it was the same song every time she sang it. It was such a special song to her. And she's standing up there on the crutches and she can't walk on her own. She's standing up and she's singing into the mic. Shackled by a heavy burden. Neath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. And now I am no longer the same. Then when she got to this part, with all of her heart, she would belt out, He touched me! (laughs) Oh! (laughs) 
he touched me. And the whole church would just explode in praise. And it was just, you could just feel the electricity. I remember this as a boy. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. (laughs) And as a boy, I used to think with my natural mind, even as a boy, why is she still on crutches if Jesus touched her? All the stories I've read about Jesus is that people got healed. They, they all got healed. Why was she still on touches? How was she able to be on crutches and sing that song that he touched me? And as a boy, these questions would run through my mind. And I didn't understand that no matter what state a person might be in, you cannot shut up the human soul and keep them from worshiping God. They are going to find a way to break out in song that he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. And this is where the gospel is so powerful and so beautiful. It goes beyond the natural into the soul and into the spirit of humanity to rescue and save. Even the little lady on crutches. And I always felt... Special when I'd stand next to this lady at church after the service was over. She'd come walking through with her crutches. They're faithful every time the doors were open. I always felt special when I stood next to her. I felt like this lady really has been touched by Jesus. Just not in the way my mind would have liked to seem. Look beyond a person's condition. Because in God's eyes, they've been created in his image. And that's what he sees. And oh, the joy that floods the soul when it touches Jesus. Wow. I have one more scripture and I'm going to close with this. And then say goodbye to all of you for a month or so. Thank you, for, uh, thank you all for your support. I, I, I was overwhelmed with support. We both were overwhelmed with support that we're taking a uh, sabbatical, mini sabbatical. Thank you so much for that. Please remember we love you. Please accept us when we come back. <laughs> Don't lock us out of the, the church. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 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 How to keep your soul restful is to be blessedful. Keep blessing the Lord. Keep worshiping the Lord, church. We love you. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.